0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max.
1: And I'm Charlotte.
0: (laughs) And together, we are the dynamic duo that brings you this show every single day. I'm in front of the microphone. I'm sleeping. (laughs) But today, we're recording mid-afternoon before dinner, so you all get to meet Charlotte. Hey, Knowles fans. Folks, today we're going to bring you part two of our two-part episode that we brought you part one of yesterday. Today, we go through an exercise where we look at Mike Norvell's tenure and compare him to all the other second-year head coaches in the nation. Some of the comparisons are very fair. Some, maybe not as much, but you can be the judge of that. So without further ado, we're going to kick you over to Max, Drake, and Dave for
1: Locked On Seminoles. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
2: day. The so one of the things that I see on Twitter right now is everyone is trying to compare Coach Norvell with these other year two coaches, especially because he hasn't won a game yet. And we see year two coaches right now experiencing great success. The we, got the hmm? yeah. we got two of them in the
0: top ten. Yeah. Got two of them in the top to the top 12. We got we Ole Miss yeah. and, and Arkansas in the hardest conference in the country. Both have second year head coaches. Both of them are top 12 teams. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, you have two, yeah. Basically you have two of them in the top 10, or the top 12, as you were saying, Ole Miss and Arkansas. You also have Dave Randa, who had just beaten the Iowa State team. You have yep. Mississippi State, you know, who has played pretty decently well at two yeah. and two. You also have Mel, Tucker. There. You have Mel Tucker over at Michigan State who was also undefeated. So I kind of want to get your guys' take on that for right now before we actually do a deeper dive with some of these te- with you know two of these teams in particular. Do you think that, Dana and Dave, I'll start with you? Do you think that's sort of you know fair to make the comparison, or what do you think of the comparison at all to make?
1: Okay. So I personally do think it's fair. And again, I said earlier, the situations are all unique with every school, every coach that comes into it. Mike Dorebell inherited a bad situation, no doubt, after what how Jimbo left and after the program under Willie Taggart. That said, that's canceled out to me in the inherent advantages that Florida State has over a lot of these other schools. Just by virtue of being in the state of Florida, we absolutely should have better recruiting classes, more talented kids. It ultimately hasn't worked out that way, whether it be because... They were either overrated in recruiting. They weren't coached well. They've had so much turnover since they've been here in the coaching. I I still think that that inherent advantage Florida State has over a lot of these other schools cancels out this, oh, the deck was stacked against him, which it was when he came in here. I think it's absolutely fair to make that comparison.
0: Max? Yeah, I think the only difference is that when you look at our school was how quickly you had the double turnover, right? A lot of people have made a coaching change. Very few of those schools made a coaching change and then very quickly made another one. However, I don't know if that really makes that big of a difference. Look, if it were one coach, if you said, hey, Max, your coach is in his second year. He's now what? Oh, and he's what? Three and 12. So 3, and 10. Three and 10. Three and 10 so far in his career. Sorry to get ahead of myself there. Three and 10 in his career. And now you got this guy, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, who's got a top hmm. six team who just beat Jimbo Fisher, although we'll see how that top 10 uh, ranking holds when they have to go play Georgia this week. But, uh, you know, and then you got, you know, the lane train finally doing it at Ole Miss. I might say, well, okay, that's two examples. What else do you have? But then you say Dave Aranda, right? And then you hit me with who, what's the guy's name? Mel Tucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel, Mel, Tucker. Mel Tucker. And it's like, One after the other. And while all the situations individually are unique, in the aggregate, every other second year coach is doing better than our second year coach. And you look at a Michigan State team who in 2018 won seven games, in 2019, only won seven games. That doesn't paint the whole picture. That school was rocked by a national scandal involving the federal Bureau of investigation. They had every reason to take a huge drop off. Then they only win two games last year. And here they are sitting at four and you go back to James Franklin. You think, I mean, that guy took over the most tumultuous program you could possibly have taken over in the worst time in college football, maybe other than the SMU death penalty. And how long did it take him to get to a new year's six bowl three years? And here we are yeah. year two, trying to qualify why zero and four isn't as bad because if Louisville had missed a field goal and we'd gotten one more touchdown we would have barely beat him by the skin of our teeth now I'll still do that obviously because that's my job but yeah I, I don't see how you can't say we're we have the worst second year coach in the country right now
2: yeah no I don't think you can I mean if you look at actually all those teams on the aggregate like you're saying like Aranda for example I don't know how, why people you know are saying like comparing Aranda to us right now Aranda had Matt Rule. Actually, Baylor had Matt Rule before he left. And you remember he went through the same thing a big scandal with Art Briles, burning hell, Art Briles with Art briles And literally, like they lost scholarships. They had a postseason ban as well. And he turned them into what a 10, 11 win team last year. And then Dave Aranda yeah. had his quarterback. You know, he may have transferred out, but he has a better quarterback now. So to me, like that's something that you can't be comparing Dave Aranda's situation over at Baylor over to because they definitely, right now, where Matt Rule had. Is what Norvell, I think, is doing at this moment, where he's building a foundation from a team that was very poor. And then another one to see is Ole Miss, because Ole Miss is the exact same circumstance. Matt Luke was the coach before Lane Kiffin got there. Lane Matt Luke was only there for a year and a half. And that's the only time I think we've seen where a coach is fired in the middle of the year. Now the only difference is Lane Kiffin, you know, as offensive genius, genius, you know, that's what we're saying. And he's at 4-0. And we maybe we're seeing him, you know, he potentially could have upset Alabama over the year. But to me, that was no, another uh, another school that was struck with extreme culture issues because if you remember in the in the Egg Bowl last year, or sorry, two years ago, remember Elijah Moore in the end zone scored a touchdown. Does the old piss the uh, peeing bulldog? To me, like I don't think you can make those comparisons with that. I think with the Michigan State, you're right about that. With Mel Tucker, but think- they also had a bigger you know coach with you know Mark Dantonio for the longest time. And while they affected the school, it didn't affect the the football program you know that heavily.
0: Yeah, but it did bring like a black cloud onto the school. And I'll be honest, when I was applying for MBA programs, I don't know if I would have applied to Penn State five years ago. And you can't say that something like that doesn't affect every, and I'll say that on the air as a student, it does affect your perception of a school and overall perception matters for booster donations. I mean, think about it's the athletic department. If you give a million dollars a year or even a million dollars over your lifetime, you were probably being a little more careful with your wallet last year around the Michigan State program, just wondering, hey. How pervasive is this? But I think you guys forgot an important one too. And that's Jeff Halfley at Boston College. He's in his second year. He's 4-0 right now, right? He had a six and five years first year. Now, I think you make a good point, Drake, because Boston College and Michigan State both got rid of kind of their Jimbo Fisher more than their Willie Taggart. So I'm going to go to Ole Miss and it'll sound like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, but hey, guys. I'm I'm a critical thinker. When I get new information, I, I'm allowed to change my opinion a bit. The difference is, Mike Norvell can't change the fact that his name's Michael Norvell, and Lane Kiffin's is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin has a reputation, earned or not, frankly, depending on who you talk to, in the SEC, at USC, at um, at Fort Atlantic, that has I said Tennessee that while it, he kind of did some shady stuff cars. or some you know kind of running out whatever. He was always kind of had this given this moniker of wonderful offensive mind. Mike Norvell has never had the national hype that Lane Kiffin's had. So if anyone was going to turn a program around, Lane Kiffin is the least surprising because it was easy for him to recruit because again, everyone knew the name Lane Kiffin and he probably benefited the most. We can see it from our own quarterback recruiting of other coaches, not being able to do official visits because everyone knows who Lane Kiffin is.
1: I think the most frustrating thing of all of this, aside from the fact that Norvell might be the worst right now of the second year head coaches, worst is performing that it's is fair to say, right? Right. You know yeah, yeah. We're it's not exactly. saying he's the worst. We're saying he's the worst right, performing right. of the second year. to years. date. Right. Uh, it's, it seems so obvious that if we had just hired Lane Kiffin that he would probably or possibly be doing here, what he's doing at Ole Miss right now, it, he right. was already in the state of Florida. A lot of people were clamoring, for him to get the head coaching job here, we wouldn't have had to pay him all that much more. And it really doesn't seem like you have to strain your brain very hard to think to yourself: we would probably be more like Ole Miss than Florida State right now if we had just hired him instead of
2: Norvell. Well, not only that, too, with like with when we fired Taggart, Lane wanted the job. It was a known fact that Lane waited out for a very long time, specifically because he wanted the job. But, but Boosters didn't, you know, didn't want to entertain that because, like Max was saying, he had the yeah. reputation of leaving early. He had this reputation of, you know, being immature. recruiting early, issues, recruiting issues as well. We but- can talk
0: about in here. We're not bad mouth him because you can find it on Barstool of having a tender account with a fake name to pick up college girls. And that, back, by the way, no, but seriously, that, by the way, was a huge concern in Tallahassee. I will say this. We argue about this with gambling all the time not every winner means you made a good pick and not every loser means you made a bad pick. I, I, if we had to go back, not knowing what we know now, 10 times out of 10, I would be glad we didn't hire Lane Kiffin. I know right stuck really around two more years and that's who was leaving. And the, that same Lane Kippen was available. I wouldn't have taken the chance, but we were trying to fix a culture. We just had a head coach who people felt like didn't dot his T's, didn't cross his eyes. And then we interview a guy with the kind of structural mindedness of Norvell I'm fine with not hiring Lane Kiffin. What I won't forgive, and I will go to my grave not forgiving, is I will never, ever forgive Stan Wilcox for not pursuing James Franklin and getting Willie Taggart instead. That, to me, is an unforgivable sin. That will be a blemish on that guy's permanent record in my mind for as long as he exists. Because if we had James Franklin right now, I think we're, with Clemson being the way we are, we're talking about a playoff spot this year because we have the potential to win the ACC with a Notre Dame win under
1: our belt.
2: Yeah, I mean that was going to go like to my point, where that I kind of w- I wanted like to ask like you know like raise your hand if you there's any of the coaches I just listed, whether it be Dave Aranda, Dan Pittman, Lane Kiffin, Jeff Halfley. Don't finish the suffer. question. Agree- yes. No. At the no at the time at the time of Taggart being fired. Yeah,
0: counselor, you, you can only use the body of evidence up to and including
1: 2018's November.
2: Yeah, like did, did Dave, like, you legitimately wanted Dave Aranda? People, yes. You Dave, Dave Aranda, Aranda for sure.
1: Another. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what he did at LSU, that defense was incredible. And we've had defensive issues here for a long, long time, probably since that 2014 team where we our linebackers just have been non-existent since then. And I think he could have maximized that Florida talent big time. Yeah,
0: I can't say who I would have wanted at the time, Drake, because you know I don't know coaches as well as y'all do, but now I know who they are as head coaches. We tried some, we, we've tried two things now. One of them has been – unquestionable success. And one of them has been unequivocable failure. Big name coordinators from big name programs end up winning football games as head coaches at other big name programs. Nine times out of 10. You're telling me Jeff Halfley, the defensive coordinator at Ohio State who had NFL experience. We could have had him or we could have had Dave Aranda, the defensive coordinator on one of the best college football teams of all time. We could have had him. What had we been sucking at for four years, even under Jimbo and Charles Kelly? Defense. Yeah, I would have absolutely taken them. Yeah, Jeff Haffley would have been my number one and Dave Aranda would have been my number two um, with if I could really have my wish, James Franklin being my definite prize, uh, so to speak.
2: I mean, yeah, I think we all wanted that, but it was Dan Wilcox didn't want to put the bill for that. And also Andy Miller and our Boosters didn't want to put the bill for that either and go after him either. But and I mean, was I, I, I foolish. I, I, I I mean I asked that question mainly because when you when I started on Twitter I know Dave that you were big on Dave Aranda when he the search actually started, Max I know you're a big James Franklin guy I have w- been a big proponent for Jeff Jeffathletic because I love defensive coordinators and I think they're probably yeah. gonna make them and offensive line coaches make the best head coaches overall that's why I think Alex Atkins has a really really bright future actually in this profession overall I asked that mainly because I don't think majority of you know our listeners or you know FG Nation as a whole would actually if they went back now even without knowing we know what's going on right now, if they probably would have gone another route than Mike Norvell. And I thought it was really important that we had that sort of conversation, you know, tonight to see, you know, or because maybe they're going to have it now amongst themselves. Let me ask this another way. Was anyone in FSU Nation? I don't mean seven days later
0: after we'd all talked it up. Was anyone FSU Nation excited by the Mike Norvell hire? Not I think read we were stuff about him and hear things about him and then get ourselves excited. But when he was announced, was there a single person listening to this podcast or otherwise that went, Thank goodness we got that guy.
1: No, we were, everyone was, if not disappointed, accepting, I think was the position we were all in, mostly because we had to be. And the most frustrating thing about all of this is that if you go back to when Jimbo Fisher left and we were concerned about how much our athletic department could afford to pay the next head coach, guys, we could have hired Nick Saban with all the money we've spent right. since that time on coaching. If you, if
0: you include the buyout plus yeah. we're spending on him. Yeah. And and that's the other thing is the fact that we paid, I I will say this, I I'm not going to say we shouldn't have hired Willie Taggart because that's hindsight being 2020. And at the time there were arguments for it. What I will say is what we paid him was ridiculous. And uh, clearly Oregon's pretty happy about it because we literally had to pay them money to get Willie Taggart to pay him four and a half million dollars a year to fire him and still be paying his buyout. Oh, and by the way, they're a top three team in the country right now. So yeah. Um, we didn't make the smartest decisions, but can I ask one more question, even as the non-host? No. Okay, good. Do either of you guys, or either of you guys right now, as you sit, while you know that his record is the worst of the second year coaches, completely and entirely convinced that this is the ceiling for Mike Norvell, or do you guys feel like it could at least get better before it's 10 years over?
2: Well, I don't think saying his ceiling as we stand right now is kind of fair to say I was not a fan of firing Woodsack after a year and a half. I'm someone that you need to do three years. That's why I'm giving Mike Norvell till the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024 to see where he's at. So I don't exactly see the ceiling. I know, I know, folks, you can't see right now, Max is slowly crying into his hands. It's just so much time. It's so it's much so time. But long. listen, listen, you need to give time, especially right now with financial situation. I know. And we were, we're, we're going to be dead last in FOF. The reason why Clemson is so good at what they do. Because they got an FOF, I think, at the start of actually of the, of the new you know 2013, 2014 area. So, no, I don't think this is a ceiling, but I have no as of right now, all my comments with him is gone. Now he can get it back. I'm fine with that. I will support him, I'll support the team as I always do. That's why I'm on here five days a week. But as of right now, I don't see much moving forward, you know, unless he keeps the, the entire recruiting class intact. So
1: Max, let me answer that with this. If this is the ceiling. Everyone's just going to need to get really familiar with a bunch of FSU sports. Basketball starts in just over a month. Got a really 22. good team coming up.
0: To, to be fair, by be- ceiling, I mean look at how we played, and this team yeah, realistically could be three and one. I just mean, the, I mean the product we're seeing I, on the field. Maybe it looks a little different record-wise, but um, no, yeah. Hey guys, there's a lot of other great Florida State sports out there. There's basketball, which they've made me fans of. Uh, Soccer, number one. Uh, yeah. Don't Women watch, soccer, don't soccer, watch baseball. It will let you down. You'll get really excited. And then you'll go to Omaha for a little Owen two barbecue guys. Last thing I want to say, and then I'm going to turn it back over to the host. They say, don't throw stones when you live in a glass house, but our glass has shattered. We're standing just in a pile of shattered glass. And I think it's okay to take a moment of joy that the Clemson Tigers started number three in the country and they're now ranked number 25. They are a courtesy ranking away from being unranked because we all know the AP voters just felt like you can't quite pull it's their Clemson. ranking after three weeks, <laughs> but it's funny, right? Because I asked both of you in our season preview, which team do you think is going to start in the top 10 and in the season unranked? And I think Drake said Clemson, uh, Dave, you and I were laughing about someone else, but Drizzy, I got to hand it to you, man. I don't know if you were being cynical and now just look smart, but you called it when Dabo loses his offensive coordinator, he was going to go down because he's a CEO. And then when he announced he was calling plays, I literally remember the day you're like, dude, this team is going to implode. And I was like, all right, dude, you're they've still got DJ. They've still got whoever, but we're seeing it. I mean, that team is full-blown implosion. They're the next USC starting in the top five. They'll finish the season unranked and it honestly is joyous because for all of the Clemson fans that, in 2016, wanted to laugh at us be like, ha, 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 we're so much better than you. Yeah, kids, we still own that overall series. We still have more Heisman winners. We still have just as many titles. And now you're seeing what the fall feels like. And guess who's not going to be there to help you up when you hit rock bottom? This guy. Good day.
2: Yeah, it's actually beautiful because I'm not only been singing here, and y'all did laugh at me. Dave especially. Dave called me an idiot. Dave called me crazy. But now... Clemson sucks, and I've been saying that on here. I've been saying locked to ACC. You've been
0: because... saying it to
2: Holly. You've been saying it to Stacy. Oh, they were All the right, first to now know. Now I'm off. They were the first to know, and you know what? It's gonna keep going down. Like I said before, our Oregon game, their Ohio State game was the same damn thing. You lose a you know generous quarterback, you get blown out in prime time. Go down to a worse quarterback, and now you suck. So hopefully, Clemson in three to four years is where we are. And we switch bots for them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, like, share, or subscribe in our Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. For Drake, that was Dave, that was Maxwell. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Seminoles.
0: Please just win a game. I just, I just revel in their pain so much. It's awesome. They're, when they're unranked, I'm going to just fall. Oh, I'll be, I'll be